Alright, so what's our cold open for this one? It's I know it's wife. It's hybrid? No, it's uh sabotage. No. Um Just talk about United, what? that's it. That, that's it. Okay. I was gonna get there eventually. Welcome back to another episode of the Face Wrestling Video Podcast. I'm Waldo. I'm Matt. And I'm Dr. The Wife. And in episode 35, we're back at Osaka World Pavilion on for an afternoon show with a reported attendance of 81,037, I mean 215. And this is coming off of Stardom doing a jump across the pond in episode 34 where they took part in the Ring of Honor 17th anniversary show. It's a pretty quick five match card with the three way, three tag matches, and a six lady tag match in the main event. Our first match is a three-way triple threat between Natsugo, Konami, and Leo. Matt, fill us in on the pre-match promos. Excellent synopsis. Everyone is introduced. The ribbons are cleared out and middle-aged ref... So yeah, we shoot over to Leo in the back saying that today is a three-way and that since Natsuko is there, Jan will have the advantage. And as always, I will give my best. Then we shoot over to Natsuko who does the typical, you know, Jan intro here and then goes into saying, I watched Leo give it her promo and she hinted that we should combine our powers. I want to get stronger. I want to win. So I don't want there to be any hard feelings. I'll try my best. During the day show, I'm in a three-way with Jans, Natsuko, and Leo. It's a big disadvantage, but with my skins, I'll win. The Triangle Lancer submission is 100%. Everyone is introduced, and the ribbons are cleared out, and middle-aged ref tries to get us underway by doing all of his checks. The three ladies take just a moment after the bell rings, and it quickly turns into Natsuko and Leo attacking Konami after faking a test of strength. The two ladies Irish whip Konami into the ropes, but while that's going on, we get the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment being exchanged between all three ladies for a pin attempt. There was a lot of madness going on here. Yeah, I really like this double roll-up attempt. I don't think I've ever seen it done that way. Konami quickly gets things under control, but only for just a second. Natsuko and Leo out of the way of a running Konami in the corner, and they're the ones that actually start the corner splash train on Konami. Nice little turn of events there. Mm -hmm. Also, a nice little step stool corner splash from Leo to Konami by using Natsuko as the step stool. And Natsuko even sells the fact that her back was just jumped on, which I always appreciate because, you know, it, it's a weird spot. You might as well sell something. I think it's funny that Leo always finds a way to psych out her opponents and make it look like she's going to work together with everyone and then just find a way to work for herself. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. Elbow exchanges in the middle of the ring, but Leo's aren't very effective, and it ends with Natsuko getting a good spear in the middle of the ring. But just as Natsuko was getting the pin, Konami comes back in to break it up at two and a half. Konami showing us that the armbar is done with armbars number 13 onto Natsuko. Natsuko breaks free and starts to run the ring a little bit, but then we get into armbar number 12 inverted 
in the ropes from Konami to Netsuko. Leo does her best to break it up and it turns into Natsuko sitting in the middle of the ring for Konami to double front mule kick Natsuko, which always looks amazing. Very interesting double pin attempt from Leo to Natsuko and Konami. As the two ladies were interlocked with their backs facing each other and dropped down to the mat. It's a short opener, but <laughs> a lot of neat stuff going on here. Yeah, that's the double pin I was talking about earlier. It's really good. And it's nice to see that Leo is getting a little bit of a showcase here. She gets a double cutter onto Natsuko and Konami and then starts focusing on Konami by herself. It all comes to a halt as Konami just mule kicks Leo straight to the jaw and Natsuko in with a quick breakup, but she quickly gets dumped out by Leo, which allows her to focus on Konami to try to get the closeout. Konami has the best awareness of any wrestler today as Natsuko comes in for the flying backdrop while she was getting a pin and she just sees her and gets out of the way, making her land on Leo, smartest wrestler ever. Armbar number two from Konami to Leo, which transitions to armbar number 27, and that gets the submission at 541. Nice little opener, just a little bit of a story after the match in the ring with Leo and Natsuko making up to each other. But I was really happy to see Leo get a bit of a showcase to display her wrestling abilities. She's definitely underrated in terms of talent inside of stardom. Yeah, I really like this match. They showcased all three ladies' abilities at the end with the, I think you called it Arbenbar 26, but it was the the triangle answer. They're keeping that story going of it being undefeated if she locks it on, and uh, I'm a fan of that, so keep going. Great pacing, quick little match. I really enjoyed watching Leo do her thing. I agree with you. Leo has shown a lot of impressive agility, moves, all kinds of stuff. From the first time that I saw her, I can definitely see a, a big change with her. But overall, I enjoyed Konami's finisher for the win. That was, to me, very impressive. And as always, I, I enjoy watching Konami go. Our next match is our first tag match of the night. One of three, where we have the team of stars, Xia Zaya and Starlight Kid versus Jungle and Gorilla. Matt, lead us in. We shoot over to the Jungle Locker Room, where we get the Saya intro. And Jungle stops her to accuse her, saying she's whispering at the end of it. She then does her own jungle intro for saying, Today in Osaka, I'm teaming with Saya, and we're not going to lose, right? We'll combine my full power with Saya's little giant full power. We'll give our best jungle jungle. We then shoot over to the Stars Locker Room, where we have Zaya with her Kenichi Wawa thing again, which I, I still don't think that's a real thing, right? No, not okay. even close. Uh, not even in New Jersey. <laughs> Starlight says, We take on jungle and Saya. It's been a while since Zaya and I have tagged together. We'll do our best to evolve as a team. Let's do it. I like that Jungle goes into the crowd to high-five everyone. Yeah, I have that same note. Jungle does good crowd. Lots of fan high-fives. Also, I like the way Starlight's wearing her new shirt out. It's just a little thing they do in Stardom where they all make sure to point out that they have new merch available and everything. They need to keep doing that kind of stuff. Always the little things. Yeah. Crisscross handshakes in the middle of the ring between Stars and Jan and Middle-Age Ref kicks us off. We go straight into a collar and elbow lockup with Gorilla and Starlight Kid, and it turns into an exchange of wristwatches. Kid uses the ropes to flip out of her wristwatch. Really unique way to do that, and I'm surprised we don't see that more often. Something simple, yet very effective. Gorilla tries for an early breakout with the dropkick to Kid, but Kid simply just moves out of the way and gets Gorilla into a headlock and rolls it over and unintentionally makes it easy for Gorilla to get her in a leg lock. This actually lets Gorilla get a little bit of an advantage as Jungle comes in to body slam Kid with a follow-on body splash. Gorilla and Jungle try for the backpack body splash, but Kid gets out of the way and boots jungle out of the ring so she could focus solely on gorilla irish whip into the corner from kid to gorilla followed by a nice flying drop kick from kid 
Kid finally tags out and X Ziaziah comes in and she puts on a pretty good technical display here, but quickly turns it around by putting Gorilla into the corner for her and Kid to work on Gorilla. We've talked about this before in previous episodes, but this is another example of giving the up and coming wrestlers time to shine inside the ring because this has primarily been about Gorilla so far and double thumbs up for that. Jungle comes in for a running elbow tackle to Kid. Kid hangs on to the ropes to stop herself from being Irish whip across the ring and ex Zia comes in to assist. But it's quickly stopped as Jungle body slams both Kid and ex Zia at the same time. And then Jungle puts them both into the Osaka Crab. Always a good spot there. I thought that was really interesting. One of the things that that spot made me think of when Jungle caught Kid and then Zia jumped on. You ever play Katamari Damacy on GameCube? Anybody? I never had a GameCube. Never had a GameCube. Never had a... <laughs> you folks. guys have been very deprived. Well, it just it just looked like she was rolling up wrestlers just as she was going because of the way that Zia just kind of rolled up into that particular carry before that Boston crap. Yeah. You don't I mean, think so? You're right here in the office with us. You see the only gaming system we have is a Nintendo. It's a Nintendo <laughs> system. That's Which is the original why, Nintendo. Which is why I brought it up. She got you there. If you have a regular Nintendo, you should have a GameCube. Exactly. There was Thank like you. three iterations between that. Did you have those? Nope. <laughs> Kid stops Jungle from running a corner attack, grabs her in a headlock, and does the flip out of the corner, followed by a standing moonsault in the middle of the ring. Nice hurricanrana from XZ Azaya that puts Jungle in the corner, but Jungle gets out of the way from the running attack and it ends up with a strong Stan Hansen lariat in the middle of the ring. That's the only way I can describe this. This gives enough time for Jungle to go and tag in Gorilla. And Gorilla gets to put on a little bit more of a display until XZ Azaya hits her with a running dropkick. Very interesting way for Jungle to get a pin attempt as Jungle comes in to clothesline XZ Azaya while Gorilla has her in the reverse back-to-back -back arm lock. And we do get to see Gorilla try for that weird fancy pin roll-up thing that she likes to do. Now, there are a couple of moves that I miss in wrestling that XZ Azaya is pretty good at. And one of them is the sling blade. And another one is the jawjacker in the middle of the ring that she does. You can definitely tell that she was traditionally trained. We get a bit of chaos between all four ladies as they're exchanging pins back and forth and trying to just get the upper hand on each other. But it starts to clear out as the team of stars double dropkick jungle out of the ring. This gives XZ Azaya a chance to arm drag flip off the top rope to Gorilla for a weird pin attempt of her own that gets the three in 821. Another great match that actually gets straight to the point and allows for the newer talent to be displayed more and more because we're definitely going to see in the future time travel type thing here where Gorilla becomes a bigger star than what she already is here. And this is just the beginning of how to put all that together. And that's not to take away from the other ladies in this match. It just goes to show that the focus was on Gorilla in this match, and it pays off dividends in the future. I agree. I think that the kid versus Sia start was really good. It was a nice buildup to take back control when Jungle jumped in. Uh, much better was uh, Zaya when I first saw her, because I remember I was kind of like on the fence with Zaya, but paired up with, with Sia, and that's a, that's a weird way to sound. Zia Zaya. Zia. X Zia Zaya. Yeah, I can see why you do that. But it wasn't slow. It was really good, real paced. I really enjoyed watching um, all the interaction between Saya and X Zia Zaya. I thought the pin was cool for Zia Zaya, X Zia Zaya. But I thought it was a great match. What do you think, Matt? I really enjoyed it. I do wish the finish was a little cleaner getting into it, but that's just minor complaints. Otherwise, it was solid all the way through. 
Our second tag match of the night sees the team of Oedotai of Hazuki and Natsu against QQ of Viper and Azumi. Oh, hey, Viper's back. Just random Viper. <laughs> Matt, why is Natsu upset? Natsu says that stardom is trying to kill me. Tonight I have a title match against Momo and Utami, but during the day you want to make me fight Viper? You're trying to kill me. Well, you're with me today, Hazuki, so I'll let you deal with Viper. Hazuki says, wait, I'm taking care of Azumi. Natsu says, nope. I'm leaving it to you. Thanks in advance. She that just... was an interesting interaction, actually. Yeah, Natsu's just leaving everything to Hazuki, apparently. It's the most really coherent Oedotai promo we've seen thus yeah. far. We then shoot over to Viper, who is the most redneck-sounding person we've ever had on a stardom channel. But she says, we're back here in Osaka. First match back. So, oh, hold on. Sorry. I'm slipping into an accent there, too. <laughs> she says, we're back here in Osaka. First match back. And we're quite lucky, because it's Oedotai. We're beating up Hazuki and Natsu. I'm looking forward to it because I love beating up Natsu. She's my favorite person to beat up, so I think we're going to win it. It's the simple things that make me happy here. Mm -hmm. Viper comes out to the ring carrying Azumi, and this is a real good display of showing just how big and strong Viper is with something so simple. It's like a cooler version of the Reese Billy Kidman intro from back in the WCW days. Oh. Yeah, I was a Raven fan. Oddly, we didn't get the Oedotai entrance on this recording from Stardom. Weird. They skipped all of it. Mm -hmm. They were just in the ring. Well, it's an Oedotai match, and Old Ref is out in the ring for this one, so you know there's going to be a bit of chaos going on. So before you start the match, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but there was a lot of back and forth between Natsu and Viper, where she was begging to kind of have a little reprieve before she gets everything underway and kind of begging Viper to tag her partner in. You mean we have an Oedotai match with Natsu? It has a little bit of shenanigans going on before the match. A little bit stuff. of shenanigans. Oh, no. That's something new that we haven't seen before. <laughs> oh, man. She made this a big thing. And when uh, Viper did go and pretend to make the tag, she made sure the audience knew that she got one over. And then Viper was back. And Natsu was disappointed. Once Natsu gets done with her little temper tantrum, her and Viper go straight to the outside with a mini high-speed match breaks out in the ring between Azumi and Azuki. I love it and I hate it at the same time whenever there's an Oedotai match going on. There's usually a match going on outside and a match going on inside. And it didn't happen while we were over there. But if it did, my neck would be hurt even more trying to go back and forth to watch both of them. And I love how Hazuki dips under the bottom ropes to pull her legs out from Mizumi to the mat. You know which spot I'm talking about, Matt, right? Mm -hmm. It allows her to quickly jump over the top of the ropes and land a stomp to her back. That was a really good spot. After Hazuki had her turn with Izumi, Natsu makes it into the ring to start taunting her as well residuals from the kidnapping series and you can see Natsu turn around and it must be because Viper's about to come into the ring because she quickly dumps outside and has no part of what's going on. I just want to point out that the stomps that Hazuki are given out are the ones that I wouldn't take. Quick Irish whip into the corner from Hazuki but Azumi quickly climbs up to the top and drops kicks Hazuki. A tag to Viper and she comes in for a, her corner barrel roll but misses Hazuki as she gets out of the way. And it takes both Azuki and Natsu to Irish whip Viper across the ring. But Viper's just too strong and woman handles both of them into the corner for a successful barrel roll this time. Viper tries to body slam Hazuki in the middle of the ring, but Hazuki manages to wiggle her way over the top of Viper into a backpack chokehold. But before Viper can even drop to her knees, she just simply backs up into the corner to knock Hazuki off. Work smarter, not harder. Yep. And having Viper and Hazuki in the ring together shows a really good contrast of power versus speed. 
Suzuki manages to get Viper into the headlock in the middle of the ring, but Viper easily stands up and brings Suzuki with her for a backpack drop to get out of it. Viper manages to get the tag into Azumi, and the two break out into another high-speed match in the middle of the ring. Just like with the stops from earlier when the two ladies are trading elbows, this makes me happy that I don't have to end up in the ring with either one of them. Snap suplex to Azuki in the middle of the ring, but it's not enough to get the three. But Viper comes in and tries to set Azumi up for the Mekashiba, but it's broken up by Natsu and her whip. Running Codebreaker from Azuki to Azumi, 11 on 10 as always. It allows for a quick tag to Natsu, who sets up Azumi up in the corner for a crowd encouraged washing machine. But Natsu wasn't able to keep the laundromat open for long as Viper breaks it up quickly. I thought this spot, this particular one was really interesting, or not interesting, but really funny. Because when she got into the corner to do the washing machine and then basically was flattened, it made me think of uh, Acme cartoon or Looney Tunes cartoon when they get flattened against a billboard or something. And then uh, just copyright, copyright, copyright. <laughs> uh. Well, anyway, um, she just peels off. Did you see that when she falls back? Oh, yeah, it, it was great. This This match has been really good to keep the seriousness yet some of the comedy aspects of wrestling at a perfect balance. Oh my goodness, running barrel drop from Viper onto the top of Natsu and Izumi during the middle of a pin attempt. And you could see that Old Ref was concerned for everybody involved. But Natsu's laying in the middle of the ring and Viper's finally able to come up over to the corner with Izumi for the Mekashiba. Izumi successfully lands on top of Natsu and Izumi drags her onto the other corner for another stomp, this time from the top rope. I liked how the crowd chuckled as Viper came in for a running knockdown to Natsu. Now, there's a bit of chaos leading up to the end of the match, and it ends up with Natsu catching Azumi in the roll-up for the three in 8.55. Great to see Vipers back. I can't remember off the top of my head how long it's, uh, this run is going to be, but it's always good to see her in stardom. And this match overall, even though it was an Oido tie match, it turned out to be pretty straightforward and allowed for all four ladies to display their talents. The beginning was very interesting. As usual, though, you really can see the power Viper has. Azumi and Hazuki always looking good in the ring. So I have, you know, I'm just going to gush a little bit about them. But overall, it was a great match. Yeah, this is one of those matches that remind me why I like Natsu so much with the extra entertainment that goes on in any match she's involved in. And then, as you two already pointed out, anytime you get to watch Viper be Viper, it's amazing. And Hazuki and Izumi, I would watch them wrestle 10 times a week, if possible. It's our last tag match of the night, and we have the team of Oedo Tai Part 2, consisting of Kagetsu and Andras, taking on Goya Kong and Rebel Kel. Matt, who is Rebel Kel? Rebel Kel is a six-footer from Seattle. She's an Amazon. Yeah, she's beefy's not the right word. She's tall. What's <laughs> how do we call some a, a lady who's tall? Like what's the word? An Amazon. Amazonian. Yeah. And she started trading in March 2016. So she's not even quite at or she's exactly at 3 years here as we're meeting her in our timeline under Buddy Wayne. She spent time traveling to different training facilities including training at Booker T's Ring of Honor. Or ring, ring of honor, ring of reality of wrestling. There you there go. We go. <laughs> and now don't, she's don't 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 hurt him, Booker T. Please don't hurt him. <laughs> and now she's made it over to stardom. Up to this point, she has been wrestling, like I said, for three years for different companies such as Don't Own Anyone Pro Wrestling, Bar Wrestling, Three Two One Battle, and according to Cage Match, I looked it up. This is her thirteenth match. Okay, interesting that she made it out there that early, but okay. That's whoever her agent is. I want them. Wow. If they're sending you to a Japan tour on your 13th they're, match. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, three years? Kudos. Okay. But it could be matches. that she's got the hustle in her. 
Independent wrestlers of Texas, take note. Space Tiger Jr. That's true. She, you know where I got most of this information. Rebel Kell Online. She has her own website. She keeps it updated. Oh, really? Promote yourself. Well, yep. there you have it. Oh, my. So, yeah, so we shoot over to their locker room to, to meet Rebel for the first time. And she says, to pair up Goya Kong and Rebel Kell together, the two largest people, the two tallest, the two biggest people on this roster just isn't fair to the rest of the roster here. And then Goya says, yes, 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 little giggle. And then goes into, well, Reba and I are looking forward to defeating our opponents. And above all, I'm coming for you, Kagetsu. I want that championship title and I will get it. And both of them give their best pose. We then shoot over to Kagetsu, who says, it's the Osaka daytime show. In a preview to our red belt title match, I'm facing Goya Kong, but I don't want to. But I'll do my best. I do have Anchan by my side, but your match is tonight, right? Tonight you take the goddess's tag belts. Tell them. Andreas moves her mouth, but no sound comes out. There should be a subtitle word that says silence. Yep. Or just mouth words with no sound. <laughs> mouth words. <laughs> mouth words. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I mean, did you see the face that Kagetsu was making? Yeah, you got you got her making the background making faces while Andras just moves her mouth and doesn't actually say anything. It's pretty great. It was one of those unhinged Odeo type promos that Waldo likes. It's Is great. Because <laughs> you're not quite sure what's going on. Yeah. You just know that something's going on. Something uh, happens. The thing happens. Making up for the last match where we didn't get an Oidotai entrance, we get double the betterness because the whole group comes out for the actual dance this time. All right, old ref, let's see if we can keep this one together. I bet's on no. Credit where credit is due. Goya immediately calls out Kegetsu. But when Kegetsu doesn't want to come out first, she sends in Rebel Kell to take on Andras. I just like how they keep that storyline going, and that way the fans know exactly what's to be expected in the future. It's the simple things for me. The two ladies start off in the middle of the ring with wristwatches, arm locks, headlocks, and other locks that can be picked usually by Master Lock. And we can definitely see that Rebel is way taller than any of the other ladies that we've seen come through here so far. So much so that Andras has a bit of a problem trying to get over the top of Rebel. Which is unique because up to this point, Andras has been kind of the tallest lady or one of the biggest ladies coming in. Mm -hmm. I could see that, but Rebel was a tower. Gigginzo is tagged in and we see that Rebel has no issues whatsoever doing an arm drag to her in the middle of the ring. The tanks go back and forth for a little bit, but because this is an opportunity for Goya to come in and take on Gigginzo like she was asking for in the beginning of the match. She gets her point across with a butt to the face in the corner and goes for a tag to Rebel to get in a little bit of a break. This wasn't a butt to the face. This was something more than that. Hip attack. Was it? That's what they call because it. Because it was it was a big old rough. <laughs> I know this is more of a hair drag, but there has to be a better name to it. When Rebel grabs Kigetsu by the hair and just throws her across the ring. I kind of want to call it the head toss, but I don't really know what the proper name for this is. Just Ragdoll. Ragdoll? Yeah, yeah no, we'll go with Ragdoll. It just I feel like there needs to be a stronger name for it, yeah, though. Yeah, she just Ragdolls her. Because Kigetsu... Lawn darts her? Yeah, Lawn there you darts. go. <laughs> Lawn darts <laughs> It's almost on the Kevin Nash Rey Mysterio like... level of lawn dart. You remember that one? Right? Yeah, yeah. The ragdoll into the side of the uh, trailer. Yeah, copyright. <laughs> Rebel sets up a reverse stunner to Kegitsu, and it looks pretty painful. She follows it up with a body slam to kick Kegitsu, and you can definitely see that she gets some height on the pickup. It's because she's tall, you see. <laughs> I chuckled when Kegitsu went for a drop kick to Rebel. 
Kenketsu had to get another couple of feet up in the air to be able to land it correctly, and she easily hits it. So, golf clap to you, Kenketsu, for being able to be agile enough to get up there. Andras is unable to knock down Goya, so she goes straight for the eyes. It puts Goya on her knees for Andras to be able to do a running dropkick to her off the ropes. But it's still not enough to keep Goya down, as she's almost keeping up to the same speed that Andras is. Andras is trying to give elbows to Goya in the ropes, but it's not too successful. Goya picks up Andras for a firewoman carry, drops her in the middle of the ring, and then hits a running elbow. A firewoman carry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, got it. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I just caught me by surprise. Andras finally manages to tag in Kegitsu, and she comes in from the top rope, flying in to hit a dropkick to Goya's neck, it looked like. I don't know how else to call this. It looked like her foot went straight in her neck. And while Andras is taking a bit of a breather... Kigetsu is trying to take her turn at seeing if she can overpower Goya. She tries for a suplex, but it doesn't work out and quickly turns around and decides to run and spider climb to the top of the ropes for a flying dropkick. And that puts Goya down on the mat and lets Andras come in for a little assist. She hits a nice running spear to Goya, but it isn't enough to get the three. After Andras clears out Rebel to the outside of the ring, Kigetsu starts working Goya and tries to lift her up and doesn't work out. But after a sunset flip, Goya tries to drop down on top of Kigetsu. She quickly slides out of the way and Andras comes in to help keep Goya down on the mat. And by their powers combined... They still don't manage to suplex Goya. <laughs> it was a good try, though. Order is kind of restored in the ring, and Goya Irish whips Kigetsu for an easy clothesline. There was a spot where Kigetsu tried to jump up and pick up Goya for a schoolgirl, but it almost turns into Goya winning the match right there. I don't know what this is, but Goya hits what looks like an arm-held backpack slam in the middle of the ring to Kigetsu that gets the three against the Red Belt Champion in 951. Wow, very good match. The size difference in Goya's partner, Reba. Talk about how wrestlers manage being tall. I mean, she, she really used that to her advantage. But you can also tell that Oedo Tai relied on being fast and agile. So there was a definite challenge with having Goya, obviously, and then Rebel being the Amazon that she was. They definitely communicated well with each other. I'm talking about Goya and Reba. Kagitsu and her partner made Reba and Goya really look like beasts with the way that they were eating some of those blows. But overall, good match. Oedo Tai took their time with their opponents. Great job was done all around to show how much power Goya and Reba had. But equally as good was the agility and the speed of Kigetsu and her partner. So very impressive. Andras and Kigetsu did a good job of trying to keep up the pace and trying to chop down the bigger tag team that they were competing against. But with an impressive debut by Rebel and returning greatness from Goya here... They were unable to do it, and it really sets up the peril of Kegetsu possibly losing her red belt. So I thought, I thought they did a really good job, and I'm excited to see more. Is it Reba or Rebel? Rebel. Rebel, Rebel. Kill. Rebel Kill. Okay, I had her as Reba, because that's what I heard when I was listening to Goya, so I guess that's mm. my fault. <laughs> this match was a little all over the place, but definitely showed that Goya is a good challenger for that red belt, like you just said, Matt. Yeah. Now, up until this point in the show, we've been seeing how new talent has been highlighted in the matches, for example, with Leo and Starlight and Gorilla, etc., but we definitely see a turn here in this match where Rebel was kept at a limited display. And I can understand that because the focus in the story on this match is Kegetsu and Goya for the Red Belt. Let's see what the future holds for Rebel. I said that would be probably my only little eensy weensy. I would have maybe waited to bring Rebel Kill in. Maybe another till after that one. But that's it. It's main event time and we see the team of stars of Mayu Orissa and Aki 
take on the team of QQ, Momo, and Utami. You can't yeah. hate Saki for that long. This has been how a four-year No, animosity. I can hate her as long as I want. This is a four-year animosity. And they take on the team of QQ. Hurry uh, friends again. Don't trust her. So how are you going to hate her now? I can't hate her. I can hate her as long as I want. They take on the team of QQ of Momo, Utami, and B. And I just want to say that it's always great to see Arisa come back. Momo says, it's the Osaka Day Show and we face stars. We're really waiting for our title match tonight. This is just our warm-up. We'll do our best. We then get the most high-pitched, high-paced Mayu promo of all time. <laughs> We got the main event today against Kuku. They got a tag team champions on their side. Saki says, but we've got a champion on our side right here. And then they sing and dance. We'll do our best. The fact that you did that. Yeah. Okay. It, it was a, not as strange like the audio type promos are, but strange in the way that stars promos are. Who taught me word count? Zero. But yeah. the greatest face in all of wrestling lets her entire team talk and dance. I don't know who it is, but we see a couple of streamers hit the light rafters. I'll have to add that to my to-do list in the future when we go back to the Osaka oh, World Pavilion. Okay. Middle-aged Rev kicks us off, and Stars tries to handshake with everybody to show you that Mayu leads the team of ultimate faces here, except for Saki. QQ quickly turns everything down and sends Momo in to face off with Arisa. Yes. And both ladies go to what they know best, and that is to the kicks. Arisa starts to target the left leg and knee of Momo and clears out QQ from the corner. Stars is just taking it to Momo and trying to hit with the surround sound dropkicks, but Momo so, moves it. So you're, you're, you're ignoring something there. What? The ultimate face, Mayu, just jumps in the ring and starts attacking somebody. Unwarranted. She could feel the evil coming into the ring, so she was oh, there to cut geez. it off. <laughs> Stars is just taking it to Momo and trying to hit with the surround sound dropkicks, but Momo moves out of the way, and QQ come in to take their turns on Arissa with the splash drain. Snapmare to Arissa from Momo, and we get some stiff kicks to the back. Arissa kicks out of a pin at two, and Momo quickly takes her over to the corner of QQ and brings in B to the match. B firmly plants a knee to the back of Arissa and pulls both arms back, and while this is going on, QQ clears the ring so that way B can keep the hold in. What is this called? Is this like the sitting bow and arrow or the crossbow or something? It must be take turns on Arisa Day because Utami's in now and she starts making Arisa humble. After QQ cleared the ring, they start putting kicks into the chest of Arisa and this lets Utami get a pin attempt in. Arisa finally manages to break free just for a minute as Utami is running the, off the ropes and Arisa lands a boot to Utami's chest. But the advantage doesn't last long as Saki is tagged in and QQ start to roughhouse her. But Saki does start to get things under control, laying in the double underhook power slam to Utami. With Momo. Okay, I'll have to check to see what I was talking about there. <laughs> oh, no. And after a short run in the ring, she rightfully goes and tags in Mayu. Nice hurricanrana from Mayu to Utami, and Mayu is firmly leading this exchange with Utami. Utami manages to break out real quick and tag in Momo, who starts quickly putting boots and legs to Mayu in the corner. Mayu is still favoring her knee a little bit, and you can see this after a spinning mule kick to Momo. Arisa gets tagged in and hits the running knees to Momo, who's in the corner. Arisa picks her up and starts planting elbows into her. Momo does eventually start to return some of them, and it looks like Arisa's going to win the exchange with something running off the ropes. But Momo meets her with a leg lariat to slow Arisa down. Nice body backdrop from B to Arisa after a spider climb in the corner to get over the top of her. Looks like B is going for a backpack of some type, but Arisa lays her out with a knee to the chest. QQ come in and save it at 2 and 99 100s. Arisa is up top and misses the flying stutter kick for B to lay her out. Saki is tagged in and tries to close the deal, but QQ comes in for the save. 
During the Mayu Saki team up, we see Mayu do the rope bouncing arm drag thing, and it goes pretty quick. It's always good to see, too. Mm-hmm. B is laid out with stereo kicks to the head from Mayu and Saki, and this lets Saki go up to the top for the flying stomp. But B kicks out, and Saki is trying her best to stop B with the reverse double underhook head drop. Saki gets B in a new style of roll-up, but Momo is quick to save the day, and QQ come in to woman-handle Saki. Good. B picks up Saki, and after the assist from Momo, she successfully picks her up with a cross-arm pickup drop. Does this have a name? Queen's Landing. Ah. For the three in 1209. Yeah, we didn't have Momo who hops on the mic because she likes to be the one to hop on the mic for QQ. She says, Queen's Quest won today. Well, B won today. Uritami and I will take this momentum into our Goddesses title match tonight. We want to beat those monsters tonight. Everyone, please come tonight. And then B does the QQ finish to end the show. This was a pretty good match. All six ladies are some of our favorites, so it's always good to see them in the ring together at the same time. There's not a weak wrestler amongst the three of them, so anytime you can check out them wrestling, I would say go do so. Nice start to the match. It was a fast pace. Usually expected from uh, Mayu's team. Momo looked really good. Her team looked really strong. But I did notice that Arisa took quite a beating, especially from Utami. Saki fan was clearly hurt. I'm not sure if either of you picked up on that. You didn't hear him? Yes. Saki fan, I heard it. (laughs) Well, I heard it. All the ones to deny that, but he was there. Mayu was tough the way she took repeated kicks and drop kicks and then turned around and dished it out as much as she took it. As usual, I enjoyed B, especially when she came back in. But overall, great teamwork from both teams. They really looked good with each other. They worked well with each other. B's finisher was definitely really cool. The ending was a little awkward. I just I don't know why, but I found it a little strange. This is kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. After a show that seemed to be centered around putting newer talent over and introducing new folks, this main event was definitely bringing out all the main eventers and showing how it's done. There were times in the match that was a bit all over the place, but that's to be expected when you have six ladies in a triple tag match. But overall, this allowed all six of those ladies to display why they're in the main event. And that's why also this is kind of my match of the night. So they they were basically hitting all the L1s here and keeping it straight to the point. It was only a 12-minute match, and everybody that was a main eventer in this match, you can definitely see why they're main eventers. It, it, there was nothing missed. Match of the night for me it also was the main event, so I agree with you. A pretty well-structured, very neat, very clean. And the only other thing I had was that the ending was a little awkward, but overall it was a great match of the night. I'm going to be the oddball out here. Of course you are. I actually really, really enjoyed the three-way opener between Leo konami and natsuko i thought they told a really good story with the whole are jungle gonna team up and stay being friends and then when leo betrayed and was like i'm going to win this i'm gonna do what i got like i really like the story they told i thought it was a fun match as well as well as you had the cool double pin attempt the cool double cutter attempt there were just some good moves it was just something interesting to see in the opener that much high energy and story being told when usually it's just kind of a exhibition match almost this one didn't feel like one so kudos to those three ladies that's a fair assessment there that's a good match too then for my heel of the night and i mean this in the best way possible Goya Kong, like I said, she really built herself up for the match coming up with Kegetsu. If you would have told me this a couple weeks ago that this was a match I'm really looking forward to, I don't know if I'd have believed you, but I really am. can't wait to see this match. I'm going to be controversial here. Okay. Viper. For the way she flattened Natsu at mid-thrust in the washing machine in the corner. 
And I also wanted to add Leo to that because of all those sneak attacks and how she broke that friendship with Natsuko. That's fair. Those are good choices. I, too, will be a little bit of controversial calling out one of the most heelish of people of the night, and that is Saki, because that's the reason why the team of stars wasn't able to win the main event. She was too focused on trying to portray Mayu and just didn't want to give a fair shake to Arissa, who has just come back after a short little absence. It was just taken away from the whole thing. It's just that main event was Saki's fault. I have a question. I can kind of see your notes from here, and it says that Sayu saved Mayu from being pinned. And then Mayu didn't save Saki from being pinned. I know that's not on my screen. She doesn't want to admit it. Before we go, go check out Dr. My Wife and see how she started to take over the Texas independent wrestling scene. Seems like every time we sit down to do a regular stardom review, she gets in more and more shows that we can't keep up with. Anything in the near future coming up for you, wife? Next month is a month full of shows. We have Sabotage in Buda. They have their seventh anniversary show on October 14th. United 210, they're going to have their show on Friday, October 13th. And there will also be other shows going on. For example, Uncanny. They're going to have their Death, Drop Kicks, and Drag show on the 27th of October. Along with Hybrid School of Wrestling, who is also on the same day. They have their show on the 27th as well. Theirs is called their Ring of Horror. There's going to be a probably more because I'm, I'm just get, now getting information. RCW Forever is on the 22nd. So support local independent wrestling. This is basically what I'm saying. Lots of things definitely going on in Texas independent wrestling scene, and we try to be with it as much as we can. Definitely a big shout out to Inspire AD for all the performance that they've been able to facilitate for us lately. Thank you, Biss. I appreciate that. As well as Hybrid, because we got... And Hybrid. Uh, Definitely check out the latest Ricky Morton. I get to interview the mullet of mullets. Yes. Show up. Uh, You might see me there. Maybe I'll be announcing, too. Anyway, that's it for me, Waldo. I'm the Matt. I'm Dr. The One. Be sure to catch us on all the usual places within social media, at Pace Wrestling, on the Twitter and Facebook, and also at Dr. The Wife now. Leave a comment below and let us know how we're doing. Don't forget to study kick the subscribe button here on the YouTube. As always, check out www.stardom-world.com where you can get some amazing wrestling action for only 920 in a month. How many in? 920. Not a lot of you. No, it's not. And don't forget, everyone is different and everyone is good.